To always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. This is Zach. And I'm Zar. All right. Well, we're about to hit... Um, actually, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the beginning of September. We have a lot of stuff going on this month in our personal lives. No one more than Zar. Zar, what is happening, buddy? Uh, I just went on a juice cleanse that I didn't finish. I'm not talking about your stupid <laughs> juice cleanse, you itch, jackass. I'm getting married this month. <laughs> Woo! Like 19 days from when this episode drops. Are you nervous? Uh, quite a bit. It's going to be awesome. I'm not doing anything besides the working. JP, what about you? Um, attending Zar's wedding. It's uh, grad school just started up. Uh, Zar's wedding's at the end of September. Zar's bachelor party's at the beginning of September. We've got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So expect some craziness. That's all we can say. Yeah, craziness. Just a wee bit. Yeah, craziness. What are you going to do? We're going to do everything we can to stick to a normal pod. And when something goes wrong, just know it's Zar's fault. That, for that's once, accurate. that's actually true. That's <laughs> accurate. It's usually Zar's fault. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of meant it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, bro. Can I talk about the itinerary today, boys? Zach, what are we doing today? Yeah, I love taking charge. Ooh, foreshadowing. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> today on the podcast, we are talking about Little Nightmares 2, Guild Wars 2 expansion, Halo revisions, Marvel's Avengers, Ratchet and Clank and Nintendo are lack thereof. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no and kidding. then we will obviously finish with game releases and that'll be our show for the day. What do you think, boys? You ready to party? I am ready to party and I think I've got this first article. Yeah. All right. So the first thing we're talking about is Little Nightmares 2. Um, I believe they just had this gameplay trailer that was dropped for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. No Stadia. A little surprising there. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? It, doesn't everything go to the stadia? In an ideal world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Little Nightmares 2 is coming. Do you guys ever think of us crappy on Google is going to come back to bite us? More than likely. All right, all right. Just, <laughs> if just I'm being sure. real. <laughs> I think a lot of what we say on this podcast will come back and bite us in the ass, but you I know. <laughs> the three of us are going to the dungeon. Kesara, <laughs> sara. <laughs> all right, so Little Might Nightmares 2 begs the question, what is Little Nightmares 1? So Little Nightmares came out a few years ago. It's a uh, horror game. And my God, when this game came out and hit, I mean, it was a huge deal. All of the streamers wanted to play it. Um, everybody wanted to watch people play it because a lot of time with horror games, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Not everybody has the courage to play it themselves. So that's where like these streamers really come in handy, honestly. Not only that, but isn't the it's a platforming game, right? You could call it a plat. Yeah, yeah. And aren't platformer. some of the aren't some of the spots in the game quite a bit difficult? <laughs> you know what's funny is I actually did not play the first one, so as far as difficulty, I um, wouldn't be able to attest to that. All I know is, funnily enough, I'm one of the people that just went and watched Markiplier stream it, and I didn't even watch the whole part from Little Nightmares one. Um, I just watched him play sections of it and. But what I can tell you from the sections that I watched is that one, when this thing hit the market, it was a really big deal because obviously the creepiness, you've got a decent little story going on here and a magnificent art style. But from what I can see in this Little Nightmares 2 trailer, they stepped it up immensely. So the trailer's on YouTube. As always, we will post this onto our Twitter so that I don't get throat punched. Please no throat punches for JP. So the, the trailer for Little Nightmares 2 dropped, and this makes the other game look like a walk through the park, man. I'm telling you, Little Nightmares 2 
is going to be the next big horror game. Oh, yeah. It is horrifyingly beautiful. The graphics are crisp. Everything is ominous and eerie and shadowed very well. And all of the shadows, all of, of the animations are very dynamic and very fluid. That's what I really noticed about this trailer was the fluidity of, of the movements versus the uh, screens and like what visuals were being shown. Because there was a lot going on in the background. That old lady and her head turning, man, that was oh, too wasn't good. That oh, cool? the, the pianist? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was getting exorcism flashbacks and it was just like, oh, please stop. Yeah, it was terrifying. This is definitely going to be a Zard game. <laughs> this is a JP game, too. Oh, yeah. What Little Nightmares does particularly well is a lot of these quote-unquote horror games that hit the market, the reason why they're one-offs and then no one ever talks about them really again is because a lot of them rely on cheap stories and cheap jump scares to really get the blood flowing. And it... Let me say this. There's nothing wrong with jump scares as long as that's not the only thing you have to make your game scary. Because unless you're you, Spooky's house of jump scares. Yeah, unless it's that. <laughs> that's different. But what Little Nightmares does so well is exactly what Zara said. The ambiance of what's going on, the feeling of dread that comes about when you play games like this, the eerie colors, the shadows... I mean, that's what makes a horror game great. And if you watch this trailer, you're going to be creeped out in a different way every two seconds. There is something very interesting about this trailer that we haven't quite hinted on yet. What's that? There are two protagonists. The main protagonist, who I'm assuming is player one, uh, wears a bag over his head. But there is a raincoat uh, character. The kid with the raincoat is actually the protagonist from the first game. His Her name is Six. Six, yes, yes. Um, and so, do you guys think there's going to be co-op in this game? Zach, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident they're showing two people, you know, the play on words with the two. You know it's co-op. I'm curious how they're going to let people do it solo, or if there'll be different variations if you are solo for some of these puzzles. That's actually a really great uh, take on that because that's something I didn't consider like how oh, yeah. like if you were doing one person versus co-op how would that change the story dynamics well I actually this was the biggest point that I, I wanted to hit on um, I mean will the single player gamer suffer many games that basically require two people to play leave the human player frustrated and hopeless games like early Lego games army of two and evolve just left solo players in the dust. Yeah. If you didn't have at least one partner in these games, it, the difficulty was brutal. From derpy AI companions to quick gameplay that required more human players, solo players couldn't stand a chance during these games. I mean, it's really cool seeing these two protagonists suffer to complete their objective, but for this game to succeed, it has to give the solo gamers a chance to immerse themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, just watching the trailer, I noticed the platforming is very quick and fluid, as I, I mentioned before. So hopefully, if you're a solo player, your AI partner won't hinder that experience. And I mean, this is just speculation um, because, in fact, I did a little more digging into this in most places on the Internet that I looked at. They didn't anticipate it being a full fledged co-op game at all. So it's it's likely that solo players won't actually be affected. No. Those were all really great takes, Are Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said that any better myself. And to be honest, I don't know why I got this when you are you are not only residential Xbox guy, but residential horror game guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess feel like you know the indie market a little bit better. That is true. And Little Nightmares it really hits that circle graph perfectly where it's like a great indie and a great horror game. So, Zach, that was a good pick on your that was a good pick on your part. And one more thing, we do have a release date, February 11th of 2021. And I don't know if you see that, boys. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. We could each pick this up. Woohoo! 
my last my very last question before we move on what part of the trailer scared you guys the most for me it was that hand that like that severed hand that kind of spider crawled across the oh, floor oh yeah, yeah. that was oh, me mine now you said that one it's definitely creepy piano organist lady Ooh, yeah. i actually stood up out of my chair when i saw the severed hand like flapping across the floor because i thought i had spiders on me <laughs> right this is a really good job with that ambiance like you're talking about jp Oh my god, I can't wait to play this goddamn game. <laughs> what was the other thing that was really God, the Slender Man like just teleporting in front of you? Like I know he's not oh, Slender Man. Yeah, I don't like that. I was that. like, oh fuck, he's there now. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Cause usually there's like stupid jump scares, you know, but like no, he just like straight up like teleports and boom, and the, the yellow coat's got like ah, I'm out. He's like, yeet, we out. <laughs> I'm out. All right. Well. We'll attach the trailer to the uh, Twitter later if you want to go check it out. I highly advise you do if you're a horror fan. This is going to be a hit. All right. Do you guys like drugs? I mean, games? <laughs> yes and yes. yes. Now, let me tell you about the MMO called Guild Wars 2. All right. Guild Wars 2 came out in 2012, which was a prime time for every MMO and its mother to come out. You had an Elder Scrolls MMO in the making. You had um, all these WoW killers that were coming. I think SWOTOR was on its last leg in 2012. You had Wildstar. And so Guild Wars 2 came out and it came out to a great reception. But it's also in that time where everyone and their mom was trying new MMOs. Right. And so a lot of people joined it and then they kind of like had their fill and they jumped onto the next MMO. Um, I'd like to say that Guild Wars 2 is really stuck around. You know how World of Warcraft charges you 15 bucks a month. Elder Scrolls Online charges you 15 bucks a month. Um, I'm sure there's more that charged you 15 bucks a month, at least at one point. Mm-hmm. Those bastards. <laughs> um, Guild Wars 2 is always you buy the base game. And then you get free updates for the rest of your time. That's how it should be. <laughs> I totally agree. How much was the base game? And the base game was $60. Okay. And then they've released two expansions. They released one in 2015 or 2016. Hold on one second. I was all organized. And now I'm second guessing myself. Heart of Thorns came out October 23rd, 2015. And then Path of Fire came out and 2017 august 1st 2017 wow so they've had two expansions this game has really taken off and i've been playing this game and following it um because you know i'm your resident mmo guy Mm -hmm. and um i would say this game is if you're wanting to try an mmo and get immersed into a world into a community that is all around this game then this is probably your best bet for an mmo and soon I wouldn't say join it just yet, but soon you should really, really consider it. A lot of people have been playing it. I think Dr. Disrespect just streamed it on Twitch like in the last two weeks or so. And um, this game is free to try. You can try it and get all the way to max level playing the game. You don't get any of the expansion content, but the original game is free as of now. And... Zach wow, even tried. Cool. Yeah, Zach even uh, put me onto this because, like, I am not a big MMO guy, and this was kind of Zach's way of like, "Have you actually ever really tried it? Give this game a try. You might think differently." And I did have a good time with what I saw and what I did. I did have a good time. The only reason I stopped was because if I didn't, the backlog was going to grow. <laughs> right. The backlog Can't was going to get happen. ridiculous. Because if there's one thing I know about MMOs for sure, it's that you put a lot of time into it. So, and the reason I bring all this up is because I really want to hype this game up because I do feel like it kind of got the short end of the stick because it is a great game. And they don't spend a lot of money on advertising. They spend it more on their community and like on the content. That's incredible. um, What I really like about this is they just released their, um, a new teaser for their third expansion. And it is called, they didn't even like say it's just a teaser, but the teaser is called end of dragons. And so guild war two's big thing was you fight these dragons that are like coming up to destroy the world. And, in the previous Guild Wars, the dragons were like the end of days kind of thing, like an apocalypse. And so what I think is really neat about this new expansion is it's focused on Cantha, which I am not a Guild Wars lore expert. Um, but basically what I could surmise from my Wikipedia reading is that Cantha is a region of the world that is based on Asian mythology and Asian culture. Ooh. And um, it looks really neat really pretty guild wars 2 is like a it came out in 2012 but it's still a really pretty like it's got a very unique art style in that everything looks like it's brushed from a paintbrush is that like a fair 
uh, synopsis, JP, when you played the game? Could you say that? Oh, yeah. The first thing I noticed when I jumped in there was how good it looked, especially, you know, this was so I just installed the 2070 into my gaming PC and I was like, all right, I need a game to test this sucker out. And Guild Wars was one of the first ones I opened up. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't believe how good it looked. I was at the very least, I can say I was in love with the world, with how beautiful it was. It, Yeah. Zach hit that on the head. And I think they've done a really good job of basically making like when I play World of Warcraft, there's a lot of content that feels like useless to me. And I'm not going to say like I'm a very much a noob when it comes to Guild Wars 2, but like everything feels important. Like it has a purpose mm-hmm. um, when you're leveling up through the content, you're learning all these lores, all these like stories. And it's very gripping content. That's not to say every quest in there is perfect. Like, yeah, you're still picking up eggs to collect for a, an omelet for some guy just so you can get some gold. There's still those types of quests every now and then, but there's this living world that you're in. Like every now and then there's going to be pop-ups. There's other people that are encouraged to come group up with you. And it really feels like you're part of this living, breathing world. So my question for you is you kind of brushed over it a little bit earlier when you were like, well, the reason why Guild Wars 2 is kind of, you know, if you take a list of MMOs, it's kind of, you know, it's not as popular as the other big ones, obviously, like World of Warcraft. Um, saying a little bit more about like they use their money really to make the game better rather than advertising the game. Do you think this is worthy of being at the same level of respect and honor as games like World of Warcraft? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny you mentioned that because World of Warcraft's really dropped in my eyes. Activision's really shit on that product, in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe it's just I put too many hours in World of Warcraft and now I'm just like that spiteful old man at this point. But yeah, he's got a grumpy old man yeah. in his porch. <laughs> Back in my day, Vanilla was the best. I'm not going to be that guy, but I definitely feel like the game has definitely dropped off and they really haven't tried to innovate that much. Um, but I, I totally admit that I probably just said, oh, I'm a grumpy old man at this point. But <laughs> um, what is really cool about Guild Wars 2 is you get gear and by the time the new expansion comes out, your gear isn't useless. Like there's just like cool like skins that you can shoot for and things like that. And there are like little like cosmetics and all these things that kind of like hook you in and like, yeah, I want to do that so I can be like the really cool. Um, one of the nicknames that Guild Wars 2 get, gets is called Fashion Wars. <laughs> and so um, I think that's pretty silly. Um, yeah, um, I think the big thing about this teaser that I thought was really, really neat if you watch it is it talks about being the end of dragons. And so this time you actually team up with a dragon. I'm totally going to butcher its name. I think it's Kuava, Kuanbe. I'm going to listen to it one more time. Guava. I could, I've, I've heard this trailer like 17 times. I still <laughs> couldn't say its name. Okay, no, the dragon isn't. It's Kunavine. And I, Kunavine. I don't know if that's the dragon's name, but yeah, the dragon's teaming up with you to end the other dragons. So it looks pretty neat. So when's this dropping? Uh, it's a teaser, so soonish so probably early 2021 i bet that i mean the only reason why i think that's totally fine is because if anybody's listening to this and like hey i want to get into guild wars that sounds kind of cool it's not like you're gonna run out of things to do before this drops (laughs) you know what i mean you got some grinding to do so you really should check it out i mean even i checked it out and i'm not a big mmo guy at all and i was very impressed with what they had to offer go check it out man it really is super cool Right, that's all I got for this. Are you anything? Um, I've never played Guild Wars, so I might have to check it out. Hey, you got a new PC. Maybe we got to dabble together, my guy. Uh, I, have, I have so many games I need to download. So many people are just like, hey, have you gotten Rust? Hey, do you have Ark? Hey, do you have DayZ? Like, oh, Jeebus people. It's it, too many. It never <laughs> ends. Oh, my God. No kidding. Are we going to have to do another episode of Tales from the Backlog like next week? <laughs> Every week until the end of the year. No. <laughs> yeah, basically. My backlog is packed. All right, Zara. Looks like you got the next article. Yeah, speaking of things right. on the back burner. Come on, Zara. Tell me about this next article. <laughs> all right, all right. Back burner. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, Halo. Oh, guys. <laughs> Halo is getting a new writer. So this comes to us from Bloomberg.com and is written by Dina Bass and Jason Schreier. 
So apparently, and this is a direct quote from the article, Joseph Staten, who played a large role in developing and writing the earliest Halo titles and most and had most recently been overseeing another Microsoft published game, will move to Halo development studio 343 Industries, Bloomberg News reports earlier. He confirmed the change in a tweet while... A community update posted by 343 said he'll be focusing on improving the game's campaign mode, aiding the existing Microsoft leaders. Microsoft also moving Pierre Hintzy, another senior leader within 343, to focus on Halo Infinite and serve as project lead for its free-to-play experience. So, okay, right off the bat, Um, I know we talked about this before and how big of a blow this was for Microsoft a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Now, huge blow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge blow. Like pretty ground shaking. Can't can't even describe how big it was. But the reason for the delay in the game was working remotely. So kind of like what we talked about, I think like last news article episode with the PlayStation 5. Right. So I mean, clearly working remotely is challenging. Most of us have experienced the aggravation of working through Skype or Zoom or whatever. Oh yeah. But now this is the second time we've talked about these specific difficulties causing delays within the game industry. So what we're looking at here is some possible story changes mixed with possibly a few gameplay changes, but Microsoft is just trying to get this project back on track. But what I inferred from this article is that Microsoft is pooping themselves right now. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they expressed that the delay was a bummer, but to me, they they didn't seem very frantic when they said that. However, with them throwing new writers and leads to head this project and salvage some market shares, uh-huh. it really makes me think that Microsoft is scared right now and they're desperate to fix this. And that makes me really scared and sad. That's funny that you brought that up because I have like a different viewpoint on all of this. For, you brought up really interesting points that I didn't even think about from like your angle as an Xbox fan looking at this because I took this as a in a more positive note. Like you make a great point. It's not good when you bring in new writers halfway through a project's completion. That's not great news. It's really not. <laughs> nope. But this isn't just anybody. This is Joseph Staten, who quote unquote who played a large role in developing and writing the earliest Halo titles. We talk about it all the time. If you want to talk about the greatest Halo campaigns, Halo 1 and 2. Yeah, and so for a little bit of reference, I looked into it. Joseph Staten was basically the guy who wrote like the first three Halos. He worked on the Halo projects up until Halo 3 Mm -hmm. and then left Bungie right before they started working on Destiny. So it's going to be a challenge for Joe because... Being a part of a project from start to completion, having an insight on not only where the game's direction is going, but the strengths and weaknesses of the team who's leading the charge on that. Joe is fighting an uphill battle because he has not been exposed to that type of environment until not even halfway. We've seen good gameplay like this game is like probably about 60 to 67 percent of the way done. And he's entering the game now. He's got an uphill battle here. With that being said, I think that any revisions or anything he would want to do, like a different direction he would want to take it. I mean, I don't know anything about whoever he's replacing here as the lead writer, but I still have faith that this guy could probably produce something pretty good, in my opinion. We'll see what... What I'm wondering, though, is, okay, they're on this time crunch. They're trying to pump this game out as fast as they can and, like, get it done right. Why are they hiring a new writer? Like, I feel like replacing the head writer is going to set this game back even longer, especially with how masterful the first three Halos were. Like, this guy is going to try to live up to those Halos. Yeah. And he might not be content ever with the final product and so that just may cause more delays or even to see just a shithole of a game honestly zach what do you think i'm excited i mean (laughs) i think (laughs) 
I think that you both bring up really, really good points. Um, I think that the Halo story for the most part is done. And it even says in the Blue Mar article that like they're maybe just going to improv like and fix up some few points. Remember, the Xbox said they want this game to last a fucking decade. That's a long time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Halo Reach is still going strong, and that's like a decade old. Right. That's a good so, point. I wouldn't think Zoros is all doom and gloom. I love that you took that approach because Xbox, but um, <laughs> Xbox is making me sad. And I'm going to be with you on that in a few articles, but I just think that this is exciting. Like JP said, like they're bringing on a great known writer and hopefully he's going to develop the story for the future and he's not coming in to fix up any errors that were already wrong with the story. I hope um, so. I'm with JP in the boat that I'm excited for this. I'm excited that there's a known writer who's going to expand this Halo's mythos more than it's already been expanded and hopefully make an engaging story that can last hopefully 10 years or I mean, Microsoft sounds like they're just being very ambitious with this, which I like because Microsoft, they've really got to pull up their pants and get to work, which I think they have been doing. And they've been making some really tough decisions the past few months. But I think that if they play their cards right, this will pay off for them. Yeah, by by no means am I saying that this is going to be easy. You know, like you're working with a franchise here. Like, I think I use the metaphor of it's an egg here. And if you drop the egg, it's going to shatter really easily. But if you just hold on to it long enough, you can make something beautiful with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean... I didn't mean to express all doom and gloom because I am actually really excited because I've expressed several times before that the first three Halos, I absolutely adore. Like those will forever be cherished in my gaming memory. And so that is fantastic that the guy who really closely worked on those projects is coming to try to, you know, maybe get the game back to those feels. Because from looking at the trailer that we saw, it kind of made me feel like the look was Halo 3, especially with Master Chief's armor. Mm. And so I think he can only do good things for this project. So good job, Xbox. I really hope the game doesn't get delayed anymore. <laughs> but I'm going to be I, honest, I, it probably will. <laughs> it probably will. Yeah, it probably will. But at least we'll get, we know that we will get the best possible product. And at the moment, the three of us are big supporters, too. Like, I mean, like, obviously the delay sucks. No one wanted this game to get delayed. But more than anything, the three of us really want to see this be a good game more than anything so yeah no one wanted covid to happen but <laughs> yeah no joke here we are yeah. it's actually gonna feel really good when we look back on this whole covid thing <laughs> like oh, oh my god i can't wait for it to be over i'm getting sick of it man <laughs> aren't we all anyway jp stop stalling get your next article i'm sorry <laughs> Actually, I think Zar's taking the, this one as well so that I can talk about Ratchet and Clank. All right. All right. So this one is entitled, and I love the title, Zach. Thanks. Marvel's Avengers chooses the dark side. <laughs> yeah, that was a good title. I'm going to give that to Zach. That's some good script writing. You know, I, I, I have something in me. I can do this. <laughs> he wrote that because Marvel's Avengers is going full EA. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say they're going fully, EA, but they're definitely they're definitely not playing it chill. That's for sure. All right, all right. I might change your mind by the end of my spiel here, then. Okay, I'm ready. A game on. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going full EA. Change my mind. Uh, whatever that meme is. Anyway, when are gaming companies going to learn? Microtransaction cosmetics don't keep games alive for many years. In fact. I feel like these costs actually kill a game. And so I uh, just wanted to say that now before I got into the actual article, because this is really cool. So a new game is dropping and it was first announced at E3 2019. Guys, <laughs> I miss E3. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and so it's it's the first presentation of Marvel's Avengers. And I'm not actually 100% sure what this gameplay is, but um, 
they've got a lot coming to the game in in terms of cosmetics and other cool notions, rewards cards, um, different takedowns, and basically a rundown of the game. So it sounds a lot like Destiny. You have resources to collect. Uh, you can collect outfits because skins equal wins. Skins do Emotes. equal wins. Yeah, right. Emotes, uh, takedowns, which are flashy uh, signature hero finishing moves, and nameplates that show off your stats. And uh, so to do this, much like Destiny and a bunch of other, I wouldn't even call Destiny a freemium game, but very freemium-like games. You know, you have your in-game currency for doing things. Mm -hmm. And you can spend that uh, from resources, uh, common, rare, and like exotic that gets you better gear. Basically, I don't even know what you would describe that as. Um, help me out, boys. How, how, how would you describe a game like Destiny? <laughs> uh, dead in the water. <laughs> well, that's kind of what this game sounds like. I'm, okay, so I'll... I'll take a little dip in my opinion because I, I, I guess I'll share my opinion. <laughs> Here's where I think that this isn't EA-esque. We've talked before about how we feel about microtransactions and games, especially when it comes to, you know, more trivial aspects of gameplay, such as cosmetics. As long as it's not pay to win, I honestly don't care that much. Okay, is it? I'm, is it a little scummy? to you know charge $60 for this game and then put even more micro put more microtransactions in the game for like cosmetics yeah of course it is because we as we've said in a way it's taking advantage of like the younger crowd who wants to play this game but at the same time they it's not like any of those cosmetics cosmetics really offer you any type of advantage when you play the game or like it's an incomplete game without those things that you have to pay for so in my mind, I'm kind of on the fence of I really don't care on this one. Like if they want to really put in these little microtransactions. He doesn't care about I'm the kids, fine. confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. He said it. What was it that was it Michael Jordan that said F them kids? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I am I am really glad that you brought that up uh, because, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I noticed from the article, too, is that they advertised the fact that the only thing you pay for is cosmetics and they have nothing to do with the gameplay. In fact, they really wanted to make that clear, in my opinion, because they knew that they were going to get some drawback from that. Well, and yeah, exactly, because... Anytime a game advertises that much about their microtransactions having nothing to do with the gameplay, I get suspicious. So doing a little more reading. Those are suspicious. Um, <laughs> all right. So, for example, here, here's one of the biggest new costs to the game. Well, I mean, it's the biggest cost that they are introducing when the game releases. You spend $10, 10 real dollars to activate basically a punch card that earns you rewards as you complete challenges. And yes, the rewards for completing the challenges are about 12,500 credits in total value from uh, things re redeemed. And for reference, I think $10 is a thousand points. So you're you're receiving a lot of bang for your buck if you pay that $10, strictly from a math standpoint. But every time you finish a punch card, you ha have to activate a new $10 punch card. Ugh. Not only that, you can pay extra real-world currency to skip challenges on the punch card. Now, I know what you guys are asking, what do you get in the punch card? No, I was about to ask, where do I find the whoever made this? I just want to talk. <laughs> I just want to talk. Okay. I'll put my fists down. <laughs> so like I said, for a game that boasts only about their microtransactions being cosmetics, their reward cards seem a bit fishy, especially because cosmetics aren't the only thing earned from completion of the punch card. For purchasing the punch card and possibly paying to skip challenges for completion, players can also receive credits, the thing you use to real-world currency to pay for the punch card, uh, specific takedowns, and even 
exotic materials, the exact thing that you spend hours and hours and hours grinding in the game, you can pay to obtain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's stupid. Yep. So I think you can't have your cake in it too. And I think Square Enix deserves a lot of shit for it. I think at the end of the day, those are no one gives two flying shits. They're going to make tons of money off this because it's got some Marvel's Avengers on it. And it's just going to be just like Madden, man. It's just going to be something that people deal with. And I think that that frustrates me as a gamer. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I am so unbelievably pissed off about this because how can you claim that microtransactions don't affect the game when I can just pay to receive the best materials for crafting? Yeah. Is JP right? Yeah, it does not provide a gameplay advantage. But it, isn't it infuriating that you just spent like 80 hours grinding something that someone who makes whose dad makes bajillions of dollars and just bought it for him right away. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like, should you not care about that stuff? Absolutely. But is it still kind of scummy? Yes. Well, I'm not even mad for the kid. I feel more bad than I'm mad. It's like you really just sacrifice some of your playing experience so that you could just buy this stupid bullshit that they're putting in this game. I have never seen Square Enix do this before. I just... Don't eh? eh? Did I change your guys' mind? Did I change your guys' mind? I'm not saying that they're as bad as EA. <laughs> Let's make that clear. EA is still numero uno when it comes to the scummy gaming business practices. But this is a low that I've that Square Enix is hitting that I've never seen them hit. And to be frank, that I never thought they would hit. I love Square Enix. That's the other thing. It's Square Enix. They are a major game producer. Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts huge monumentous games why are they doing this um well Zara, why are you a business to make money bruh i'll answer that question for money <laughs> <laughs> so do i get it yeah target the whales make all the money that's kind of a good a good debate we could have later in the later in the podcast but just how companies are tar- targeting less the entire crowd and more like those whales to keep feeding them lots of money off cosmetics. It's an interesting read. I'll tell you that. To me, these kinds of games, um, not only this one, EA games and even other uh, mobile games and even first title console games. Uh, Destiny. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> <Warcraft>. um, <laughs> Yeah, Hello, Kitty Island Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it just it feel they feel like as much of a game as playing an ATM machine does. <laughs> like that's honestly what these games feel like. Is I am just putting my card into an what ATM, ATM machine. machine. Do you play Zar? I want to get this. Just telling me feed me. Is it over at the Amazing Pizza Machine? (laughs) (laughs) Might have been a gumball machine. (laughs) I always win that game. All right, well, this is making me really sad. Uh, Can we talk about better news? Yeah, I think I'm done. (laughs) Let's rift tether to the next one, JP. Uh, uh, okay, sorry. (laughs) All right. So in better news, let's head on over to none other than the PlayStation 5. Uh, We have an official PlayStation 5 gameplay footage trailer of Ratchet and Clank. A new one, I should add. We already had one before from the original or uh, from the state of play event that PlayStation 5 put on a couple months ago. But But that wasn't necessarily gameplay. Uh, They said that it was gameplay. Oh, was it? I thought it was the only slight gameplay cinematics, mostly. That was our thoughts, but that was not Mm. actually confirmed. As far as we know, that was mostly all gameplay. And they finally brought more to the table in this amazing new gameplay trailer. Look, real talk. We talk about how amazing games look all the time, and we're starting to run out of words and ways to do that. This gameplay trailer takes it to a whole new level. Okay, not only is this one of the most brilliant looking games I've ever seen in my life, because first of all, it is. It's beautiful. Zach described it. What did you use to describe it, Zach? It's a moving Pixar movie that you get to play. If you want to talk about how great your animation looks, there's no better way to do it than comparing it to Pixar. Okay. Oh, yeah. Insomniac Games is killing it right now. Holy crap. 
And I mean, it looks cartoony because it's Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank was always cartoony. I mean, you play a Lombax, whatever the hell that is, who carries a robot on his back. <laughs> Did you guys notice how shiny Clank looks? Yeah, Clank is pretty freaking shiny. <laughs> he got buffed. But for as cartoony as it looks, it looks real like when ratchet would smack a box it would splinter and you could just see millions of wooden splinter shards go everywhere and i didn't even know that they could like do that yep that's all of state drive is something else man i'll tell you oh my god so we got that a beautiful looking trailer the movement let's talk about the movement the way that these characters are moving it looks so fluid the combat looks easy to pick up hard to master which is the best kind of gameplay in my opinion but yeah fluidity is the name of the game here they absolutely killed it with how the combat looks and they really they really kept it to the classic ratchet and clank feel of like you run around full third person uh free camera movement Mm -hmm. but when you strafe ratchet's movements are just so fluid between his somersault flips and like backflip front flip shooting the gun absolutely it all is just flawless and i want to add on and i think you're about to hit on this jpi i just want to steal your thunder um the seamless transition between cut scenes and combat there would be a cut scene with no load screen it would just transition to a cut screen like you it would just be a natural seamless transition i really didn't even know what was going on you would see nefarious pop up the cutscene would end, you'd be back to involve, be involved with the plot. You would switch guns, and it was almost like you pick the gun you want, you switch, and I don't know if it's always been that quick, but I felt like it was just boom, boom, boom. Like, you are literally in a Pixar movie, and you are able to control the outcome of certain things. I think that's so neat. Zach, great I, observation. I know PS5, They were, and I, I crap on them a lot, but they touted this SSD is going to be so good. It's going to eliminate loading screen. I was like, bullshit. They're putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to Ratchet and Clank. Like, it feels like it's just point A, point B, boom. There's no transition time. I'm, like, so excited talking about it because I really want to play this game and see if it's all the way through like this. But it looks like a seamless game that finally you have that 4K-looking screen, but you don't Mm -hmm. have to wait, like, forever to play it. You know what I mean? No, Zach, you absolutely killed it with what you just said, man. I couldn't have said that any better myself. I would like to point out, circling back to something that Zach briefly mentioned. I called the main villain. You called it. You called Nefarious. Back when we examined this trailer, I said that I saw Nefarious like just briefly out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, I bet he's going to be the main villain. When you're right, you're right, Czar. And so they did act. And I noticed from this current trailer that they followed very closely in in scene that this is a direct sequel and still kind of follows the story that they originally intended from Ratchet and Clank. Whereas in the first reboot Ratchet and Clank, Nefarious was again the villain, but he was made of squishy parts. This time he's completely robotic, which is exactly so cool. Original trilogy. And the last thing that really sticks out to me, we've talked about how beautiful this trailer is, the fluid movement, the great cutscene to gameplay animation, and Zar being right for once. We've talked about that all. Yeah. Can we let's go a little more in detail? The weapon system looks really, really cool too. Yeah, they we kept, didn't really touch on the weapon system at all. They kept the same weapon system. So in the classic Ratchet and Clanks, and I never played the reboot, so I don't know, maybe they did the same thing here too. But the more you used a gun, the more you would level it up. So from causing damage to enemies, you could take your little pea shooter into a full-blown Gatling gun. But you couldn't you couldn't purchase these upgrades. You couldn't do anything else. You just had to use the gun. And that's how I feel like a level up system should work. It seems like every generation we talk about games that just set the precedent of what we have to look forward to and what everybody else should try and strive to do. Ratchet and Clank is going to be one of those titles, man. This is going to be a game that's going to be talked about for a long time after it's come and it's been played. 
And it's kind of out of the limelight, man. This is going to be something special. I can tell just from the trailers. And we know that this game is going to be a massive hitting game because of the huge following they tried to kick up with the reboot. I mean, hell, they released a theater movie, a movie that hit the silver screen along with the reboot video game launch. So, you know, they got a lot of eggs in this basket and that they have put a lot of work into this sequel. And they didn't waste time at the end of the trailer at all. Exclusive no. to PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> they really liked flashing that. Oh, yeah, they loved it. What's an exclusive? What does that mean? I don't know. What is an exclusive? Everything on my console is shared. <laughs> Pretty. And Zach just takes scraps. Nintendo hey, you know is the I got king of exclusives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Shut up, Sar. Well, yeah, but they got like six franchise characters. <laughs> they got like a billion franchise characters. They just don't know how to use them all the time. <laughs> you know what? I think that's fair. Who's <laughs> Captain Falcon? Speaking of not knowing how to use Nintendo IPs, Zach, the next article <laughs> is yours. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Uh, so Nintendo had another uh, mini partner direct, and let me save you guys some time. Don't fucking watch it. Right? It wasn't eight minutes. It was um, eleven. It was eleven what it's minutes. Worth, you were right. There was a Nintendo direct coming this week. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. Zach just was right for all the wrong reasons. So anyway, um, there was a uh, you know they played just dance or no, it was it called Dance Monkey three times in that trailer. Yeah, they did. Oh, I hate that song. That just dance twenty twenty one freaked me the hell out. In the DJ game, which don't get me wrong, like I'm sure there's like a there's a crowd for it, but that's just not my crowd. Oh, and Nintendo's finally getting a specific franchise. What was that? Maybe I missed it. What was it? Kingdom Hearts. Ooh, oh, yeah. But not the actual games. You get a rhythm game. Oh, my Yay. God. And it's coming to everything, <laughs> but Nintendo had to highlight it. So anyway, the <laughs> Nintendo Direct was not exciting. The highlight, I would say, is Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. That's a sleeper game. It's fun. Is it anything to sell a console? Absolutely not. Um. So, yeah. What I will tell you is... Nintendo has been very quiet this year. COVID-19 sucks. Major donkey dick. Um, God, guys, I am trying to save this right now. I'm just upset. <laughs> I know you are, buddy. Um, so what I will tell you is there is a lot of speculation on Nintendo. Why is there a lot of speculation on Nintendo? Because Nintendo won't tell us anything. It's a double-edged sword, Nintendo. I'll tell you what. They like to keep their cards close to their chest. So now everyone's just speculating. Some people are like, Nintendo doesn't have anything. They totally were going to skip out on this year. And right now, I would say they still had Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing did get delayed from last year. But Animal Crossing is still, I would say, a Game of the Year contender. Is it going to win Game of the Year? No. Is it still a great game? Yes. Hey, they had Paper Mario. Paper they Mario was great. Paper Mario. And as far as Paper Mario is gone, that's like, a top three Paper Mario game. So that's pretty honestly, good. Yeah. I would honestly put Paper Mario Origami King right below uh 10,000 year door, just a bit above the 64 version. Like it was a fantastic Paper Mario right. game. Right. Nintendo's put some pretty slap titles out. Right. And I mean, like as far as it's considered, like they, they've just had kind of a quieter year and that's okay. Sometimes during systems that happens. Especially, we've mentioned it a million times, COVID-19's a bitch. COVID-19's a bitch. But to me, it, this whole year with Nintendo has kind of made me feel like they're going full Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You know how in the beginning of the movie, everybody's talking like, oh, last year, Willy Wonka holed himself up in his factory, wouldn't talk to nobody, just kept putting his candy out. <laughs> And like, that's what Nintendo's doing. They're just holed up in their Nintendo factory, not talking to anybody, but they're still slowly putting content out, you know? And Nintendo is a Japanese-based company, and Japan is historically known for being a very work-centric um, country, and so they are struggling with that work-from-home um, quality. But, guys, we talked about that Super Mario Anniversary Collection. I still believe that's a thing. I still think that is coming. I think that's going to be their November title. 
I cannot see Pikmin 3 being their only holiday title with some Pokemon DLC and maybe a Smash Bros. DLC character. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that's why I'm still holding out on hoping a little bit because the last time Nintendo dropped this partner showcase just a month ago, they followed it. They followed it up the uh, disappointment we had with this Nintendo directs by launching Pikmin and Metroid prime news days later. And even though the question is why the hell they did that, at least now we can say that like they're doing whatever the hell they want, man. I mean, tomorrow we could get an announcement that breath of the wild two is coming out by December, right? Who knows what's happening anymore? You know, it's so up in the air, and I kind of think it's really funny. Right, Nintendo's going full chaos mode, right? Like, they're just like, we'll do, we'll do what we want. Like, shit, we're going with it. Um, <laughs> I will say there are two articles coming from NotebookCheck.net. One's by Alex Alderson. Um, last year, or maybe it was earlier this year. God, this year feels like forever. Shit, um, no Nintendo problem. released a revision on the Nintendo Switch, which bumped the... Um, it was a big bump in battery life, and... I think it's really funny because people who compare Nintendo Switch battery life by how long it can play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And so um, the previous Switch, the original 1.0 Switch, played Breath of the Wild for about three hours. The new Switch can play for about four and a half hours on like maximum brightness, all that stuff, which I think is hilarious. Um, So they did just put out a new revision for the FCC. So eventually there will be a a version 3.0 of the Switch. That's just a small update. So I'm curious to see if they're going to upgrade the screen quality or anything like that. It'll probably just be more of like a CPU boost, like just being a more efficient processor and things like that. Um, But what's more interesting is there are now talks of a Nintendo Switch Pro. And this is by Arjun Krishna. Oh, yeah, I saw that recently while I was just scrolling through one of my social media pages. And Mm -hmm. I think people are getting really excited. And I think that this is the total opposite. Like when you're totally quiet, people think you're either like totally about to explode or like you're secretly baking the next cure to cancer. You know what I mean? Like there's no in between. It's either, it's either you're dead or you're about to blow up. Calm down. Huge. We're just making video games. <laughs> um, and so I, I would say the people who think you're getting a 4k portable switch. Um, I'm with the biggest Holy Nintendo fanboy on the planet. Portable. I don't think there's any way in the world that they can make a 4K switch for under $800, no. maybe $700. No, no, not with their current price tag. Four fucking K switch. Right. You 4K maybe- in your hands. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm with Zach. That's not feasible. Nintendo is wizards of doing the most with the little. Like, I feel like they're they're made. They made a portable Wii U and it's selling like wildfire right now. You know what I mean? Like that they, they can do a lot with a little but The Wii U is finally selling. <laughs> well, the Nintendo Switch is basically a port- OK. Anyways, are that, that joke? That joke <laughs> no, no, you, okay, I, man? I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, the So the Switch Pro being 4K capable, maybe on docked with some like wizardry with like some adaptive things. Maybe like technology is pretty cool, but I still can't see that being anywhere under $400 and still being portable. Um, no, sir. So I, I would say being 4K like on the Switch, I, I think they could put 4K on the, on a TV from, from the docking station. I just, I don't know how they would do it on such a small screen with such a small system. They can't. Okay, they can't. This they is can't. just incredibly, <laughs> this is incredib- incredibly speculatory, wistful thinking. Right, you could not have a 4K portable switch. I just feel like that would be like, I'm, I'm totally hope I'm wrong. If they can make a 4K switch for three hundred dollars or maybe four hundred dollars tops, I'm all in. Then they just competed with Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> by all means, prove us wrong. But um, maybe like they would. I, the thing I hate about my switch, and I hope they do fix is they get rid of these stupid bezels, man. I feel like my switch has like the hugest bezel ever. And like, I just can't imagine how cool this switch would look like just like 1440p and like that bezel is switch. Your joy cons look like it's mm. just part of the screen. I think that'd be neat. Oh, OK. So, yeah, you're talking about those black bars on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what the bezel is. Yeah. Yeah. JP, the uh, last time we hung out, you were telling me the same thing that you just you wished the squid the switch's screen was bigger yeah, and exactly. that they got rid of those black bars. Yeah. Zach hit that right on the money. If you're going to make a switch pro like 4K is not feasible. 
it's not. But what is feasible, get rid of the freaking bezel on the screen, make the battery life last longer, maybe an upgrade to the Joy-Cons. I think the Joy-Cons are pretty great, to be honest. Just fix that drifting issue that some people are having. I know that's a big issue. I, I just, I've been pretty lucky with it. I haven't experienced it yet either. I would say just the screen. Um, just a bit of a, a circle back, kind of over-encompassing both of these articles. Do you think Nintendo's going to get hacked again this week? Because I almost have a feeling that next week we're going to be reading an article. So these IPs got leaked from Nintendo. <laughs> Shut up, Zara. This is my article, and there's already so much going on. Okay. What, I can't ask a question? <laughs> um, yes, they're going to get... Gl- they're going to get... More things are going to get data mined, but that's for a different. That's next week's article. Shut up. Okay? <laughs> Maybe that's why they haven't been focusing as much on games because they're still trying to find this guy. Well, that's what I said. And you guys shot me down. I was like, oh, Nintendo's dealing with a lot of problems here. I don't think they're going to really be like willing to talk with people or coming out with new games. You guys are like, no, no, no. That's that's HR department. Oh, or I was just like doing that. that to follow Zach's lead. Thanks, GP. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, yes, they're going to keep getting hacked. I don't know what's going to come out about that. I think it's it's going to be shit. It's going to hit the fan hardcore. Um, that is almost like a almost a, a law thing at that point, because, yeah, they're like getting rid of some employees, personal information. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, it's it's starting to get serious at this point. That's a total different rabbit hole, though. Um, the thing I want to talk about is like it's not all doom and gloom for Nintendo. They've always held things close to their chest. They literally told us Paper Mario was coming out in a month. So I do believe they're going to have a holiday title that's not Pikmin 3. And then I do think that maybe next year Nintendo's going to strike. Like they're just going to be like, okay, let the PS4 and the Xbox, like they're battle it out and they'll fight each other for whoever gets supremacy. And then they'll just come out with a, a new Switch and a Breath of the Wild 2 launch alongside of it. Like, that worked really well for the old G Switch. And maybe they're going to try to get with the Switch Pro or the new Switch or the stupid name they'll give it. I was going to say, I think you hit the money on the mark there because just to stay alive in the console industry, Nintendo has bowed out of console wars. And so I think on the off-season, obviously, when there are big like Sony and Microsoft consoles coming out that year, Nintendo is going to go full dark. Like Mm -hmm. they're going to be scarce because they don't want to fuck with that. They don't want to get in that business. They already did that. They found their own market. They seem to be doing pretty damn well for that. Absolutely. Well, that's all I got for this one. You know, I just, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's like, Nintendo's just doing whatever the hell they want. It's like they have a giant wheel, one of those spinny wheels, like on, uh, you know, Wheel of Fortune, and it's just like they spin it to see what they're doing next. And then (laughs) it just lands on shitty Nintendo Direct! (laughs) Right, they had such a negative reception. This one has over like, I mean, it's got like 51k likes, but it's got like 46k dislikes. It's like, they've got to be getting the picture that people are very hungry. It's like, just Give us something, man. Just give us something. Not Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Give us something. (laughs) Not Kingdom Hearts? And just the final assertion I have, people are still like, oh, you know, anybody who's not a quote-unquote Nintendo fanboy is just going, oh, look at these Nintendo fans, just super sad. They didn't get what they wanted. It's like, you don't understand. We don't know what's going on with Nintendo right now. This isn't about most of those people are PC people, though. And like none of this, none of this news matters. I mean, nobody who has a dog in the race is saying that we're not asking for much. We just want news. Give us news. With that being said, I can complain about Nintendo until the until the end of the world. So, um, Zara, do you want to take us to the upcoming game releases? Zach sounds really sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we already had one episode of sad Nintendo noises. We can't have another. Or can we? All right, Zara, game releases is all you, man. All right. So first up on upcoming game releases, we have The Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon DLC coming to the PC, PS4, and Xbox One on September 9th. Next, we have Bounty Battle for the PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on September 10th. Uh, next, we have Redneck Ed. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Astro Monster Show, September 10th. Uh, next, uh, oh, and that was coming to PC, by the way. 
Next, we have Inertial Drift coming to the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on September 11th. Uh, after that, we have BPM, otherwise known as Bullets <laughs> Per Minute, coming to the PC on September 15th. After that, we have eFootball PES 2021 Season Update. Ooh, football, sports games, yay. Coming to the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One on September 15th. And also, finally, on September 15th, we have Spelunky 2 for the PlayStation 4. All right, boys. Well, there's nothing here that's too incredibly outstanding. Um, I think a couple of noticeable shout outs here. Spelunky 2 should be a good time. Um, The Outer Worlds was a great game so getting some dlc for that's always a good news redneck ed astro monster show i think yeah. kind of sounds like fun yeah i might have to look up a trailer or something for that and check it out it seems like a, a fun hour and a half to yeah, kill or the price is right. why not why not right coming to pc so it'll probably be cheap oh no daphne's borking <laughs> she's borking all right guys I got to go read this book and I guess I need to drink Zach's beer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Come drink my beer and play Smash with me. Don't threaten me with the good time. Zari should come too. (laughs) All right. Well, another great episode of the podcast. This was a roller coaster, boys. This was. Yeah, that was pretty emotional. Oh, my God. That was a lot. (laughs) I don't know how to feel. All right, boys. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. With me. Ready? Set. That's pretty good. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.